Good morning. I want to welcome all of you here to Spring Valley Baptist, and thank you for being here. This is the first time I've actually ever preached in front of people, so this ought to be fun. So let's start things off. I've been going to this church just about as long as I can remember. So even though I've seen and heard Pastor Robert preach just about every week of my life, most of that time it was spent sleeping on my mom. But now I'm older and more mature, so I can doze off on my own without her. I'll be turning 16 next, next month, and I'm a sophomore at Ridgeview High School. I play in the Blazer Band Marching Band during the summer and fall, and right now I'm in the Symphonic Band and play the French horn. For those of you who don't know, it's an instrument that coils around several times with a bell at the end. And let me tell y'all, duct tape fixes everything. All right, I popped a key on my French horn last year. The duct tape is still holding it together to this day. $3 duct tape fixed something that's worth $3,000. I also, as you saw, I play guitar and try to sing in the youth band here. I say try to sing. Some might call it singing. I'm pretty sure some of us have the same problem out there. You can probably look to your neighbor, point someone out like, yeah, that's singing all right. <laughs> and um, I'm also a Boy Scout. I'm a Life Scout. I hope to continue to get my eagle. Um, I actually did not go to a meeting this whole last year, so when I finally went to one, they assumed I had died or something. I've got two sisters, Faith, my younger one, is 11, and she is in the sixth grade. Kelsey, my older one, is 18, and she attends North Greenville University as a freshman, and she works on staff at Somersault during the summer. My mom, Mary, she refused to let me tell y'all her age. But I'm pretty sure the little ones wouldn't be able to count that high anyways. <laughs> she is an elementary school assistant teacher. My father, Randy, he is an electrical engineer and works at ECM. The motto is, we put the brains behind the cranes. So if any of you are involved with filming or marketing, I'm sure he would love to have you for a commercial. Yeah, that'd be a pretty cool jingle. I got baptized in the third grade here, but felt that I truly did not connect with God till I became a part of the youth program in sixth grade. Since sixth grade and going to Somersault my first year is when I really and truly knew God and knew how big he was. And going to Honduras this past year is when I really got to know him and have a deep, internal, intimate relationship with him. So what am I going to do after high school? I know I want to go to a university. I'm not sure which one, and I'm not really sure what I want to be. I want to do what God wants me to do, but God hasn't really told me I want to do his will, but how am I supposed to know? I'm sure many of my fellow students also have this problem. You know, we're about to get out of high school. We don't know what to do, but it doesn't just stop there. Who am I supposed to marry? What job does God want me to have? Where does God want me to live? Am I living how God wants me to live right now? If you are a committed follower of Christ and you love him, I know you've wondered this because we care. So, how are we supposed to know? I am not God, but I can guarantee you that he will not send an angel down to your bedroom to tell you to marry so-and-so, or that you should be a doctor to go, you know, to go to USC, or that you should take your boss's offer and become assistant manager. I'm not saying that won't happen, saying it's very unlikely and it probably won't so shouldn't count on it so if God chooses not to verbally tell us how are we supposed to know the first question to ask ourselves 
Are we living a godly life? If we look closely, God has already told us a few things about his will for us. The first, that we will be saved. 2 Peter 3.9 The Lord does not delay his promises, as some understand delay, but is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. Being saved is when you ask God for forgiveness and accept him into your life. A symbolic act of that is being baptized. But you do not have to be baptized to be saved, and being baptized alone does not save you. Since I pursued a life with the Lord, he has certainly opened up to me. He has shown me more about him, myself, what he wants from me, and who I am. And all that is a part of his will. If you have not been saved and you are new, I invite you to walk down during the response to talk with our pastor to learn more. The next is that we will be filled with the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5, 18. And don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless actions, but be filled by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit plays a very important part in knowing what our will is from God. It is a blessing for being saved. It helps us resist sin, which hinders his will, and connects us with God to have that deep and internal relationship. He also helps us to choose the right decisions, which are God's will. The next is that we will be pure. 1 Thessalonians 5.22 Stay away from every kind of evil. When the Bible says that we are to be pure, it means that we are to be like God, and that when we do sin, we will recognize it. The next is that we will submit to the proper authorities. 1 Peter 2.18 Household slaves, submit with all fear to your masters, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the cruel. We are not only to follow the Bible's laws, but the laws of our country, if they are acceptable within the Bible's laws. The next is that we will suffer for doing what is right. 2 Timothy Timothy 3.12 In fact, all those who want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. After you devote yourself to Christ, you will want to follow the Bible, meaning you will reach out to non-Christians who might make you suffer. The suffering could be minor, such as being teased or mocked, or it can mean losing a friend, a job, or your life. 1 Peter 3.12 For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. Peter 3.17, excuse me. But I bet most of us unknowingly already have or done those five things. It should be an everyday Christian mindset. So to sum all those five things up, if you have asked God for forgiveness and you pursue a life with the Lord, you are doing His will. And in that case, you are free to make choices based on your own desires. Because if you are living a godly life, God will give you the right desires.
Psalms 37.4. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. Let that sink in. Does that mean we craft and mold our own will? That God lets us pick our own will? So is it our choice? A very broad answer would be yes. But remember, God will give us the right desire. So in a very broad sense, what we want is what he wants, which is his will. So if you pursue a life with the Lord and you love the human body, you love helping people, and you want to be a doctor, do it. If you love taking photos, you love painting, and you love drawing, and you want to be an artist, do it. If you want to move to the beach or mountains because you love the scenery there, the smell, do it. Or if you want to spend the rest of your life with your boyfriend or girlfriend or fiancé or whatever, let the person who you want to spend it with be that person, of course, as long as they are also committed to God. You know, don't say, hey, I'm sorry, God never actually told me to be with you, so I guess he doesn't approve, so. God's will isn't so much about what you do in life, but more about who you are in life. God's will isn't so much about who you marry, but how you treat people. God's will isn't so much about what job you will have, but how you will use that job to glorify the Lord. God gave us the freedom of making our own choices, but that doesn't mean we decide them on our own. Jesus actually knew his own will, and Matthew 26, 39, Jesus prays about his will, seeing if there was any other way he could change it. My Father, if it is possible... Let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. He finishes his prayer in verse 42. My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. In the same way Jesus prayed to the Father, so can we. There is nothing wrong with praying, if it be your will, Lord. 1 John five fourteen through 15. Now, this is the confidence we have before him. Whenever we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked him for. When we pray to God, asking about our will, have faith in the Lord. Be bold and be persistent. A tip for praying about our will is praying like this. Lord, this is what my heart desires, but I truly want what is your will in the situation. Or praying like this, Lord, I am not certain of your will, but I trust you will do what is best. But while God does sometimes give personal guidances, such instances are rare and unmistakable. So, the Bible teaches us to seek wisdom. Wisdom comes from scripture, research, counsel, and life experiences. Proverbs 16.16 Get wisdom, how much better it is than gold, and get understanding, it is preferable to silver. Silver. 
And I think the best way of getting help is from your brothers and sisters in Christ. Spending more time with them and letting them help decide decisions in your life will get you the right knowledge and the right choices. I, for one, have my family, many close brothers and sisters in Christ, and I know many people at this church that would be glad to help me. I am constantly asking for advice through my daily life. We all need advice. I need a lot of advice. A lot. I'm not the ripest fruit in the patch, if you know what I mean. In fact, one of the people I turn to the most for advice is my sister's boyfriend, who is also, I consider, one of my closest friends. He is a worship leader down at Village Church in Blythewood. He has helped me a lot. Like, back in the fall, I had this one problem I was really stressing out about. I didn't know how to deal with it. I had no experience in that area. I've never done it before. I, I was stumped. I, I didn't know what to do. So, you know, Matthew came to my aid. That's my sister's boyfriend's name, Matthew. So, uh, back in the fall, the problem was I thought this one girl was really, really cute at school, and I know how to talk to her. Well, I went up to Matthew, and he was like, all right, man, I got you. He was like, all right, this is what you need to do. You need to tell her, you know, you think she thinks she's pretty, give her a compliment or two, you know, ask if y'all can hang out, and give her your phone number. I was like, oh, simple enough, you know what I mean? I can do that. Well, the day came, and um, he and I, we, we rehearsed it at school, I mean, I, I was acting it out, I had scripted it out and everything, I mean, I was sweating, I put on the extra deodorant, I was smelling, I mean, I had pit stains, I was like trying to put my arms in, I couldn't see them. So we were walking in the hallway, and, you know, uh, I was really nervous. I, wasn't, I was like, I don't know if I can do it, but I ended up seeing her at the corner of my, at the corner of my eye, and I almost chickened out, but he pushed me on. I was like, okay, I can do it. Well, I went up to her, and I talked to her, and it went great. We talked, gave her my phone number. It was a success. Well, later on in the day, I started thinking about something, did I give her the right phone number? <laughs> I mean, for sure I must have. Why would I not give her the right number? I mean, that's the only number I know by heart, right? Well, it was bugging me too much. So at the end of the day, I caught her, and I was like, can you repeat the number for me? <laughs> so she did. It was my mom's cell phone number. <laughs> How embarrassing is that? I mean, that just proved to her right there. I memorized my mother's cell phone number. Um, I was like, I'm sorry. And I gave her my number, and I was really embarrassed. And I went home, and my mom was complaining about some text messages she got early on in the day, saying, oh, you were so smooth. And I'm just like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And she eventually found out, and... I'm sure she won't let that one die. <laughs> but the girl and I are dating now, and my point is, God didn't verbally tell me to ask this girl out, but he allowed it because it was a desire of mine, and I pursue a godly life, so it was okay. You see, I think we get so caught up in the specific choices in life that we forget to look at the whole picture. We become so stressed and tired about trying to find the right answers, when in all reality, the answers will come. They just 
might not, you just might not know the answers until they already happen. God's will isn't so much what you do, but more about who you are. God's will isn't so much about who you marry, but how you treat people. God's will isn't so much about what job you will have, but how you will use that job to glorify the Lord. So, if God chooses not to verbally tell you his will, how will you know? By just living your life. Be at ease and stop worrying, stop stressing, and live a godly life and make choices on your own desires because he will give you the right desires. Colossians 2, 4 through 6. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. Pray with me. Father, we come to you today as believers to crave to become more like you, that we may grow closer to you and have a deep relationship with you. Lord, lift the stress off our shoulders of the not knowing, ease our minds and comfort us. God, we ask you to give us the wisdom that we need to do your will. In your name we pray. Amen.